0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: You're listening
0: to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.
2: Hey Dolph fans, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're here with another podcast. This week, it's the Stinkin' Jets Week. Uh, with me, I've got Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn fans? and Louis Argoni.
1: Hey, Dolphins.
2: So we're going to have a lot of fans up in uh, New York, I understand, Daniel. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so it's the MetLife Takeover. Uh, Dolphins fans unite every year at the the New York game, the Jets game up at MetLife. So if you hadn't heard of it before, this is a great opportunity to kind of see what the Dolphins fans do up there. Uh, MetLife Takeover is it happens every year for our our annual trip up to New Jersey. Uh, MetLife Takeover is actually a nonprofit that donates a bunch of proceeds to uh, different charities, and uh, they always do a tailgate at the par- at the game. They have a Saturday night pregame down in Manhattan at Slattery's Midtown Pub, and thousands of Dolphins fans take over multiple sections up there. So when you hear us getting loud this Sunday, you'll know that that's the Dolphins fans traveling to the the MetLife takeover.
2: The AFC East
0: teams tend to travel well. Yeah. Yeah, and and hopefully now that we're performing better on the field and our trajectory is on the way up, we start traveling even better to games like this. Sure.
2: All right, so I I keep seeing people... mentioning our cornerbacks and not necessarily talking nicely about them. And and Byron Jones is out again this week and probably a few more after that. Uh, He's not recovered to the point where they feel they can take him off the injured reserve list. But I just want to touch on this briefly. I hate to see people criticizing those corners because I really think it's a lack of understanding as to what they're asking them to do. Jones and Howard play press man coverage, okay? And it's mostly single coverage. Rarely do they have safety help. So you see them, you know, like uh, Howard gave up a, uh, you know, a crossing route. It's pretty tough to cover a crossing route when you're alone. And that was the situation with him there. Uh, and, And these things happen. They're going to give up some catches. But what you don't see is them giving up a lot of touchdowns. And that's the key of the press man. You know, you know, you're going to give up some catches once in a while. That goes with the territory. What you don't want is them getting beat long or giving up cheap scores. And generally they don't. They're both very good at press man coverage. And that's why the Dolphins have them doing that. And that is what allows them to play the amoeba defense the way they play it. Lewis. Yes. How hard would it be to replace either one of those cornerbacks?
1: Extremely hard. I mean, you know, you don't get these type of players. you know they don't just roll into the NFL every you know every season. It just doesn't happen.
2: We tried with Igg
1: Well, yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's that that was a uh, a reach. that's obvious at this point. I mean, the guy still hasn't gotten on the field, but Kahoo's been really good you know, in regard to coming out of nowhere and being an important part of our defense at this point, because, I mean, he came out of nowhere, really. I mean, we knew Needham and what he's capable of doing, but Kahoot, Ed depth back there, we absolutely needed a nickel guy, especially, you know, due to the fact that Igbenogany, again, you know, was unable to really do anything to uh, impress a new coaching staff. Yeah, the he has part, yet to realize his
2: potential. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If there is any potential there is, to realize. Right. So, you know, I mean, it, it's a situation where when when this guy's not there, I mean, you saw what happened when X-Man went out last week. I mean, Cincinnati just started throwing the ball up and down the field late in that game, and they had very, very easy drive at the end there. Uh, they were just going over the top consistently. And, you know, it, it's play to play. And, you know, you're out there – the defense is out there for probably what 60 plays a game on average 50 plays I don't know what the number is but you know when, when you get three or four passes caught on you um, when you're going against the best rec- and this is I'm, I'm referring back to X man and you're you're going against the best receivers in the game and not only are they you know the best receivers but in my opinion I've said this a million times that the receivers on football teams are the best athletes on your team for the most part. You know, they, they do everything well. They're very coordinated, uh, they, they run like the wind, they're big, they're strong, you know, they're physical, a lot of guys. So you're looking at the best athletes on the field. So when you've got cornerbacks like we do, you don't just dismiss the fact that they're that good and you don't look at some of the mistakes that are made over the course of a game because they are going against the best athletes in the game. These two guys, as you mentioned, they lock on these guys man to man. Not an easy thing to do. I mean, it's just not. So, you know, until they're both gone, people are going to realize, you know, that they won't realize until that point that these guys are extremely good at what they do. And when Jones comes back, it'll be a major, major improvement over our defense. So, you know, that's, that's what we need to look at. And, um,
2: But they're both getting older and that they're going to need to find replacements before long. So, you know, we'll see how lucky they are in that, in that process, but uh, appreciate what, what you have before you no longer have it. Yes.
0: Yeah. uh, Here's the thing. Once we get Byron Jones back healthy, you'll see why a guy like him is not replaceable. We've seen it over the last couple of years, but you, with guys like Kahoo Needham and Cross, and they've done a really admirable, admirable job. We talked about before the Buffalo game what happens when Diggs takes all these crossing routes. Uh, they did a really good job, and they have so far this season. But to expand on your point a little bit, Mike, if you guys don't want to listen to us, listen to a guy like Richard Sherman. If you follow him on Twitter, he did a thread recently about the Dolphins' defense and Xavier Howard, and he said, "I I know that they played some zero in tough situations, but come on, they're putting these DBs in." No win situations if the blitz doesn't get home. He said, and that's you right. have all of these people saying, Well, why didn't the DB just cover him? But they're not even trying to disguise what they're doing. And uh X Man is overcoming the impossible positions he's put in and doing it at a high level. Now that's coming from Richard Sherman, who's yeah, one and of so the so best cornerbacks Jones. that we've seen.
1: All right. Byron Jones, as Mike said, does the same thing. I mean, listen. Yeah. You know, X-Man was right there on the pass down the sideline to Higgins. I mean, it was a perfect pass. If he threw it even a half a yard, six inches behind him, X-Man was swatting it down. He
0: was right there. I thought he did. I thought he knocked it away. He just missed it.
1: He literally just missed it. And this is 40, 50 yards, whatever it was down the field. What do we
2: always say, Lou? Sometimes you just got to applaud the other team.
1: Right. I mean, you know, it was perfection. I mean, that... He hit him right in stride, right where it, 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 he put it, right where X-Man just couldn't make a play on it. But he had the coverage. You know, it wasn't right. like he was 20 yards open right. down the field. I mean, right. you know, it is what it is.
2: The one critique against Jones, which I guess is fair, is he, he's not a ball hawk like Xavier is. Right. And that's about it. That's the only area you can mm-hmm. really critique him in. I don't want to hear he had a 65 grade or whatever else. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. What matters is is he getting the job done the way they're asking him to do it? And the fact is he was.
1: Exactly. I think X-Man does a great job of suckering quarterbacks. Oh, and, what yes, I mean, he does. and what I mean by that is he gets back in the plays very quickly. You know, He makes the quarterback think that the receiver's open when he's not. That's, that's a skill that a lot of cornerbacks don't have in the NFL and Byron Jones is, is one of them. You know, he just goes and he coverage, you know, he just goes out there. It's that short
0: area quickness, that, uh, that mm -hmm. recovery speed. I love it. Right.
1: He's just a really good cover guy, Jones. And, you know, he, he blankets a guy and, um, you know, I, I just don't understand why people criticize the guy as much as they do, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, you can't make everybody happy.
2: No, you can't, but you know, I'm just trying to, Give them an understanding of how difficult the job they actually have. That's all. Yep. All right. So let's move on to the Jets. Right. The
1: stinking
0: <laughs> Jets.
2: Who's going to tell me how our offense will face their defense?
0: Yeah, so I can touch on this a little bit. Uh, and I think that, you know, we touched on this a lot in the pregame tonight. And this is how much better the Jets are playing. Than people think they are, and even in a game like so, they they also lost to the Bengals just like we did this year. uh They are two and two, and they have actually played very good on defense. And
2: they lost to Baltimore, right? They lost to
0: Baltimore, whom we beat, and they the
2: team we frantically had to beat. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. And that comeback, yeah, and yep. and then they beat or they lost to Cincinnati, but their two wins have been comeback wins, right? They they won thirty one to thirty versus the browns and they won 24 to 20 versus the steelers both of these games come back wins but right their defense is playing really well and they're they're ankle anchor, anchored by a couple of brothers and i don't know if a lot of people know this but quinn and williams on the defensive line and their linebacker quincy williams are brothers and they're playing very good football right now complimentary football as well they can get after the quarterback from the interior of the defensive line or the edge because they have Carl Lawson back, and he, he wreaks havoc on that along that defensive line. And you also have a guy like Sauce Gardner in the defensive backfield who is uh, he's only a rookie, but he's playing really well. And if you got a chance to watch any of that Bengals game, you see not only him playing really well in press coverage – But also in in man-to-man coverage down the field, Uh, one of the things that I I love about Sauce Gardner is his hand placement. If you watch what he's doing when he's defending these these wide receivers down the field, he gets his hand right where he needs to to either knock the ball away in the air or strip it from the guy on the way to the ground. He's just very good at that. It's going to be really interesting to see how they cover Tyreek and Waddle because They've got
2: two good corners.
0: They've got two good corners. Yeah, DJ Reed is playing really well, and if I'm not mistaken, he's actually graded a little higher right now than slightly. Yeah, than uh, Sauce Gardner is. Yeah, he's
2: 14th, and uh, Gardner is 20th.
0: Yeah, so
2: in cornerbacks,
0: and and their the, but their weak point is their their safeties, right? So they yep. have Lamarcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead. And actually, both have had interceptions in the, in a couple of recent games. But those are the guys that you're really going to have to count on if you're a Jets fan to be able to stop Waddle and Hill. And with Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball to him, you've got a little bit better chance than if you had Tua throwing the ball. As we all know, Tua's out uh, for this game uh, in concussion protocol, which uh, you know, which is going to be a real uh gut check time for our offense, not only our offense as far as Waddle and the rest of the receivers, but also that offensive line because Teddy is a, a different type of quarterback back there. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see uh not only if we can give him time but open holes in the running game, which is going to be very important in this game and in any other games moving forward that two is going to miss. And I just got a couple of quick stats here for you that I think may help make the difference for us. Uh, right now the jets are giving up 3.7 yards per rush and they are, they have given up 435 on the year. So, uh, We should be able to to run. They're giving up more than 100 yards per game. We should be able to open some holes. They're in a very aggressive defensive line, and they're always coming after the quarterback. So hopefully we can get the zone run going. That's what's going to help Teddy Bridgewater this week, is if we can get that running game going with Mostert. He's looked explosive. He's looked decisive. If we can get that, I think maybe we can take advantage of those safeties
1: you look at their defense as a whole and you look at our offense and um you know we've somewhat struggled we've passed the ball a lot in games i mean a lot more than i thought it would be a lot more balanced than what it's been i mean we've been passing well ball it would a lot
2: be if our better. guys were blocking better <laughs>
1: exactly well i mean and that's i don't think that's going to change you know this week i think we are what we are at this yep. point i think that you know, with Bridgewater at quarterback, I think you may see, you know, you're going to see somewhat of a different game plan, but I think they're going to pass the ball quite a bit. I mean, you can't, can't keep the ball out of Waddle and Tyreek Hill's hands. You got to just get them the football. You know you're going to have positive plays with the ball in their hands. So Bridgewater's got to find a way to get the ball to them. The pass blocking To me, I mean, you know, just physically seeing it. And I know that, you know, the grades come out and it may be, it may, you know, it may seem a little different because of certain grades across that offensive line. But for the most part, they've they've done a really good job at protecting the quarterback. And what I was impressed the most by in regard to Bridgewater last week was the fact that he was able to escape some pressure on at least three occasions when he was in the game on, on, you know, on plays that. It looked like he was going to get sacked on. And one of them, he made a big positive throw to uh, Shurfield, you know, down by the sideline, your boy, Daniel, Mm -hmm. on a play that he really should have been sacked on. He avoided, I think, two defenders and was able to make a play down the field. And it resulted in a touchdown, which you want to see. So Bridgewater is more than capable. I think, you know, you may see a little bit of a different game plan with him in the football game. And I think that, you know, they'll have some success. I really don't think they're going to miss a beat because they still have a lot of talent around them. And, uh, you know, it would be great to see the running game going. But I think we're kind of going to see, you know, pretty much the same type of play calling that we've seen, with the exception of plays being changed a little bit, but I'm, I'm referring to the run pass uh ratio that we've seen in the first four games of the season i don't know if it's really going to change all that much
0: yeah i i was just gonna say i agree with the offensive line to the eye test their pass blocking has been really good the run blocking is lacking a little bit i just wanted to add that over the last two games the jets have had five sacks and four interceptions so Mm -hmm. we are going to it's going to be very important for us to avoid any big mistakes because if yes, we don't absolutely. avoid the m- big mistakes, they're going to capitalize as mm-hmm. far as the play calling. I'm not sure that Teddy is the same type of rollout, uh, waggle boot quarterback that Tua is. So I think maybe we see a little bit of that change, but otherwise uh, we should be, we should be able to score on these guys.
2: What I think they are going to do, and I could be wrong, of course, but what I think they're going to do, if they're not successful running the ball, then I would expect them to be throwing to the running backs a little bit more this week than they generally do, and hopefully the tight ends too,
1: Mike. they've and got the to tight get, ends, yes. yeah. I mean, especially with their safeties. Yep. It'd be nice to see Gesicki have a big game, and even Smythe. I mean, their numbers over four games are just minuscule. Minuscule. <laughs> they're, they're they're almost non-existent. I mean, they're you know they're <laughs> I don't know if they have ten catches between the two of them through four games, which is utterly Crazy, if you think about it. So, you know, maybe they get them involved. I think Ingold is, listen, He's I know he dropped a pass down the sideline, but I think with Bridgewater in the football game, you're going to see, you know, those type of plays to where he bites another second or two, and then you have Ingold in in the flat or one of the running backs in the flat to where he makes a play out of a broken play. You know, you may see that type of thing going on. I think you're going to see, as you mentioned, Daniel, a little bit more of a pocket type of passing game. You know, no rollouts, no play actions and rolling left or rolling right. I think you're going to see him in the pocket and just trying to get the ball down the field a little bit.
0: And to your point, I think it is important for Gesicki to go off. Over the last two games, the Jets' defense have given up 15 catches for 170 yards to the tight end position. Uh, yeah. And that's Conklin and a guy like Friar who is who uh, is, you know, we are Penn State, right, Matt Hawk? Uh, those are both Penn State guys. So it'd uh-huh. be really cool to see Gusecki get some play and get some run in this game. Uh, it'd be important sure. to open things up. Yep. All
2: right, we're going to take a break, uh, talk about DraftKings, and we'll be right back. Get my lineup in. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner in the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You might want to take uh, Miami over the Jets. <laughs> you might want to you know, bet the over and, and combine that bet which would potentially give you a nice winning ticket there. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per day, and you can do it all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Lewis is going to give us a preview of what he expects to see out of our defense versus the Jet offense.
1: Well, the Jet offense is ranked overall 8th in the league right now, which is really surprising if you think about it. You know, they're 4th. They're ranked 4th in the league passing-wise, 28th running the football. So, obviously, with our defense... They're not going to have an awful lot of success running the football. Um, their running back, Brees Hall, he's averaging close to five yards a carry. He's a very good football player. There's no question about that. Um, Michael Carter is a very good backup as well. So they have two good running backs. But the way our defense is played against the run, I don't see them having an awful lot of success against us. I really don't. I mean, it. You know, teams have tried to run the football on us, and it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Not um, up the middle. Not up the middle, no. They've gotten, a little, they've gotten outside, but, Mike, overall, even when they've ran the ball outside, you know, on the outside, we've done a good job of um, getting, to the, getting to the running back and staying away from big runs. I mean, you know, the Buffalo game, we had one, they had one big run the whole game. Cincinnati, I don't think they had a big run. I think their, their longest uh, rush last week was for maybe eight yards. I don't even know. But the defense has done a very good job there. I expect this team to pass the ball or attempt to pass the ball against our secondary. We got to hope that X-Man's completely healthy. He had 10 days. To, I don't think uh, he is. Yeah, I don't think he is either. I mean, that type of injury, the hamstring, whatever it is, I think he's got Point. a few different issues. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, if he goes down for whatever reason, for any length of time, even in this football game, they're going to attack us. There's no question about that. Corey Davis is averaging over 17 yards a catch. And he's got 15 receptions already going. You know, coming into this game. Uh, Garrett Wilson, their young receiver, outstanding. He's averaging close to 13 yards a catch. Elijah Moore, their, three, their number three, is averaging almost thirteen yards a catch. I mean, these guys are throwing the ball down the field and they're moving the football. You know, in regard to the quarterback, you know, Joe Flacco obviously started the first three games of the season. Zach Wilson was back against Pittsburgh. He only completed fifty percent of his passes last week, but he did enough to win the football game. He completed more than that in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yes, he did. He he got you know he got rolling in the fourth quarter. He did throw two interceptions in this game. I mean, this is a good Pittsburgh defense, though. Um, You know, they they only sacked him once. Our defense is going to have to get pressure from those guys up front. I felt that they did a really good job against Josh Allen. Last week against Cincinnati, not nearly as good. So they got to get back to that Buffalo mentality, to where they were attacking the quarterback. You know, I don't want to see a ton of blitzes and having our guys, especially Cahoo and Needham, locked in one-on-one down the field. Um, They can create some problems. As I said, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson is no joke, and neither is Elijah Moore. They're both really, really good young receivers, and they can hurt us. So, you know, you're going to have to get pressure from the guys up front. You mix in a blitz here and there. Zach Wilson... He can scramble. You know He's an interesting uh, little quarterback up there. We got to get to him. We got to rattle him early. We got to create some turnovers. If we do, we should be able to win this game. But it's going to be a battle. It is definitely going to be a battle. This is not going to be an easy game for us.
0: Yeah, you mentioned something that I wanted to make sure I pointed out. That was the ability of Zach Wilson to get out of the pocket. Uh, he, yeah. is, he has good short area quickness. He can bend and twirl. He's a faster uh, guy than a Josh Allen. So we dealt with Josh Allen. We did a fairly good job. Zach Wilson is a little bit different because he's quicker. He's more uh, like
1: Kyle Murray.
0: You could see some of the things they did with him last week, uh, getting him out of the pocket. They Even the Philly special on the catch for the touchdown, they did a reverse pass. They were putting some things on tape for us to have to look at to be prepared for. And those receivers are all great. Corey Davis is having another fantastic year, but you also have to account for Tyler Conklin. Because he's performed as well as any tight end in the league through four Absolutely,
1: weeks. absolutely. He's and got so 200 yards receiving. Around. He's
0: a resurgence. And, and both of the backs are dangerous, not only out of the backfield, but also in the receiving game. So uh, if Zach has a decent game, we could be in trouble here because they are loaded on the skill possession front.
1: No question about it. And Braxton Berrios is no slouch either. Yeah. Uh, they've got four quality receivers, and as you mentioned, you know Conklin's having a fantastic season. You know they have another tight end on their roster, um, CJ Uzuma, yep, who they got from Cincinnati. He's not playing an awful lot, but he's capable as well. I mean, they they've got some depth here. They've put a really good football team together. They got two good running backs, good young running backs. They've got a quality football team. This is going to be a battle. No they've, doubt they've about They've had it. some
2: bad luck along the offensive line. They've lost, I guess, three or four tackles already. Right. Uh, and uh, their, their guards and center aren't the best either. Right. So if, if they have a weakness on this team, it is their offensive line. Um, outside of Vera Tucker, he's a pretty good ball player. Right. I mean, yeah, Mike,
1: that's where the battle's got to be won. I mean, if, if they're able to put pressure... And create some turnovers. And I'm talking about the guys up front. I'm not worried about their, their running game or their ability to run the football. They have to put pressure on Wilson when he drops back to pass. Yep. And if they can do that, if they can get some sacks and create some turnovers down the field, they will win this football game. If they don't, then we're going to have a very hard time winning it. Agreed. Game's going to be won there, in my opinion.
2: Let me hear some predictions.
0: I'll let Lou go first on this one.
1: Oh, you want me to go first? I think we squeak this one out 24-21 or maybe even higher. I mean, you may even see more points scored. It could be 31-28, 28-24, something like that. This is going to be a very, very tough game, but I think that – You know, With Tyreek and with the veterans that we have, I think that's going to be the slight edge in this football game. The fact that we have some veteran football players on both sides of the football that are going to be able to make the difference in this football game. I think Zach's going to make a couple mistakes that's going to wind up costing them in the end.
0: Man, I I sure hope that that's the case. I I have a bad feeling about this game, and I I have a feeling that uh, without Tua in there – All of the issues that we're uh, we're experiencing are going to be exacerbated. I think that Teddy's going to struggle. I just don't see Teddy as the guy who's going to lead us to some wins. Man, I just don't. Uh, He did a couple of okay things last week in relief in Cincinnati, but really I don't think that he's the guy who's going to be able to get this done. Uh, I have a bad feeling that the Dolphins fans who are traveling up to MetLife takeover are going to be disappointed in New York. And it sucks to say that because we're on a a really good trajectory right now. But I have a feeling that a guy like Elijah Moore is going to make a difference in the game when it should be our speedy receivers making the difference. And I think we lose this game. Uh, It's going to be tight. And I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than everybody wants it to be. Uh, I would say 14-13 New York. 14-13, huh? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's that's very, very that's a
2: that's a rare score right there.
1: That's a very risk score. Go ahead.
2: I don't know. I, I I think we're the better team. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I I also think that losing two doesn't particularly help us. Uh, I'm not a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, but uh, in this game, if he can keep from turning the ball over and play possession football, you know. Short passes to the backs, every once in a while you take a shot downfield when you feel like uh, our speedsters are open, then you throw it. But uh, he's got to play within himself, not trying to do too much and uh, keep moving the chains. And if he can do that and and stay mistake-free, I think we've got a good shot at winning the game. Uh, I'm going to say Miami 27 and the Jets 21.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty close. Guys, just keep in mind that Bridgewater's had some extra time to prepare with the number exactly. ones, too. I mean, yeah, you know, we haven't played since last Thursday, so he's, he's got a little bit extra time. I think that, you know, he'll go out and he'll play a decent football game. I mean, this is a veteran guy. I mean, you know, he, what was he, 5-0 and with the Saints when he took over for Breeze that year? You know, I think that, you know, the talent is, you know, close to what they had out there. You know, I think our offense, and that's the positive about all this, is that, you know, if we do have, if we did have Tua going down, you got a veteran, and you got veteran guys around him. I mean, the people that you brought in make a major, major difference. The Tyreek Hills of the world. And, you know, these type of football players, Cedric Wilson. Or, or tackle out you know i mean it, it goes it's across the board there you got veteran players that can step up and kind of you know make up for what bridgewater may lack so i, I think we're in good shape
0: and for what it's worth uh teddy bridgewater does have a winning record as a starting quarterback he's 41 and 32 mm-hmm. so he he is a, a winning quarterback for what it's worth
2: right For what it's worth
0: For
1: what it's worth, exactly. All right,
2: Daniel, you wanted to uh, bring the last word to the program. Let's let's go ahead and do that.
0: Yeah, so I have not had a chance to speak out publicly about the concussion controversy, and it's going to be a little difficult for me to keep my emotions in check, but I'm going to try to do so, and I've got a couple of quick points to make on it. The first point, Twitter and the media are toxic. They are toxic with their opinions of what they know because of what they saw. Give this thing a chance to play out, the investigation to play out, and for the real truth to come out before you start making accusations that the Miami Dolphins don't know what the hell they're doing or Coach McDaniel is putting his guy at risk. Okay, let's find out. Allow us to find out if Tua was or was not concussed on that Sunday because to me... He sure didn't look concussed when he came back in the game. He looked like he was able to keep his bearings, throw some good passes, and play accordingly. The other, now NFL, I know you have to take all of this into account because perception is pretty damn poor right now. Most of which because we have couch doctors on Twitter and media talking heads like the guy on first take, I'll leave his name out of it, saying that he knows for sure that Tua was concussed. So you're going to have to change some protocols, right? But let's not take it too damn far. Let's not be keeping these guys out of games or out of weeks that are needless because you're going to start affecting the product on the field. You're going to start affecting these men's livelihood. And you also have to think about what are we going to do? Start expanding rosters because you have a guy like Tyrod Taylor take a shot to the head and they don't have a third quarterback on their roster? What would have happened if Bridgewater would have got hit again in Cincinnati? All of these things we're going to have to take into account. Don't overstep. Don't go too far. Obviously, we want to protect these players and their livelihood is the most important thing. It would kill all of us as fans to see Tua have an early career-ending in, in injury because of something like this, because of a head injury. And that goes for all fans of all teams and all of their players. But we know the risks associated with it. We, they do too. We see it. This is not necessarily about how tough are you. Can you tough through something like this? But let's just take a step back and stop listening to the first takes of the world and the undisputed of the world and saying we know for sure this this or this take a step back take a breather and do it the right way and all of you couch doctors it's time for you to shut up and let what happens happen (laughs) okay daniel
2: all right uh thanks for joining me guys i appreciate it and uh we'll be back uh, following the game monday and uh We'll give you our thoughts on it. Until then, fins up, everybody.
0: Fins up.
1: Fins up, Dolphins.
2: All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans Podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.